Do you love watching sports highlights? Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app is here. Athletes and fans can share, view, and rate the best sports highlights between one and five stars. The app is comment-free and has athletes of all skill levels, even pros like Kylie O'Miller, Kyle Harrison, and the 2022 PLL MVP, Trevor Baptiste. Download Five Star Highlights to earn yours. We wrap up the month of January, spinning forward towards the 2023 season on the Quintessential Lacrosse podcast. We bring in Lyndon Wood head coach, Jimmy Lang. Uh, Two of the big storylines of this season, Queens University out of Charlotte, North Carolina, raising up to D1 and Lindenwood University out of St. Charles, Missouri. is going to go in D1. Uh, Coach Jimmy Lang is with us. Uh, First of all, coach, you know, I had very little uh, exposure to Lindenwood other than Graham Hasek and and his success. Uh, Tell us about Lindenwood University. Uh, who are you guys? What's the school like? Uh, kind of a big picture view of the school. Yeah, so uh, Lindwood University, we're a, a younger lacrosse team when you're thinking of some of these programs up in the Northeast. We've only had a, a lacrosse team for 21 years now. Uh, I've been a part of 20 of those, actually. Uh, but we've only had a, a program for 21 years. Uh, you know, we were a, an NAI school. When I was first here, that transitioned to an NCAA Division II school and now uh, an NCAA Division I institution. We're a liberal arts university. We're a larger private school for, for lacrosse fans, you know, uh, size of like High Point, um, you know, schools like that, you know, so a good size private school. We were one of the largest Division II schools in the country. And I believe um, we're the second largest, if not what, the largest athletic department in the nation. We have 30 NCAA Division I sports and another 20 club sports, like uh, our, our rugby programs that compete at the highest level of collegiate rugby, but there's no NCAA rugby. So a lot of a lot of successful sports programs here at Lindenwood. And yeah, we're based just about 25 minutes outside of downtown St. Louis. So I fly into St. Louis. I do the wrestling championships there every third or fourth year. Yep. Uh, I've made trips to Columbia to uh, – cover Missouri football games are you guys on on that uh on that jaunt uh we're on highway 70 yeah so we're about um highway 70 is what the airport is off of and same Columbia is right there off highway 70 so um you would pass Lindenwood about about 10 minutes after pulling out of the airport parking lot you would pass Lindenwood on your on your right what's your background you were a great goal, goal scorer for Lindenwood uh St. Louis is is where you grew up uh why'd you decide to get into coaching yeah, so St. Louis is, uh, is you know, where I grew up, played lacrosse. Um, you know, didn't plan on it, really. You know, graduated from Lindenwood, had a full-time job, and then and did the GA thing, right, to get a free, free education. Um, and uh, just kind of fell in love with it. You know, I had a great mentor in my high school coach, Michael Sennett. Uh, he actually played at Notre Dame for Coach Corrigan. You know, they do the number 40 jersey every year for Coach Sennett. So he was my mentor. Um, and, you know, I love coaching and coaches a lot because of him and what he taught me. So I just started really enjoying that relationship with the athletes, especially, you know, when I was done with the whole GA thing in year three, once a lot of my former teammates graduated, it got easier to become more of a coach. Um, and I just fell in love with it. So yeah, my background, St. Louis born and raised, you know, Lindenwood is my home. I was, I was happy here, even at the division two level, I was never really, um, chasing, like, I'm going to go find a job and be a division one head coach. I wanted to take Lindenwood as far as it could go. And this is just, you know, again, I have a unique path to becoming a division one head coach, but yeah, St. Louis is home. I mean, again, I know every alumni that's ever been in this program personally. Uh, why has Lindenwood decided to, uh, to step up to D one? 
there's been a lot of talk about it for years. I mean, people always ask us if you ever, you know, get a chance to get out here, um, you know, hopefully maybe we host a PLL game. We've got the stadium to do it, but we have division one facilities. We always have, we were one of the largest division two institutions, like I said, so people always ask, you know, when are you guys going division one, division one? And when we hosted teams, they'd be like, how are you not division one? Um, so I, I think it was just with the timing, with a lot of the things that are going on in the NCAA, uh, I think Lindenwood said, you know what? Let's look into this. And then the Ohio Valley Conference reached out to our athletic director recruiting our football program because we had a, a very good football program at the Division II level. So they reached out and said, hey, we want to add you to our conference mainly for football, but we want to bring all your programs. They're all successful. So that really is how it started. I mean, I think that call happened in August of August of 21. We first found out, I think it was like February 1st of 22, last year was the first time they even told us head coaches, Hey, we are considering this. So it was kind of a very quick turnaround. And I think it was like February 15th, the board voted to go ahead and do it. So it was uh, a quick turnaround. I, we haven't even, it's been less than a year since I even first heard about it. What's the, how, 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 how do you, uh, how, how do you ramp up what things need to, to be upgraded or, or changed or, or just move forward? Yeah, really the upgrades, there's nothing there. I mean, uh, you know, the stadium, we did get a nice little upgrade An 80 foot video board got put in this summer, right before the transition. The biggest thing for us as a program that we talk about and what a lot of our programs here talk about, because at, at the division two level, you have the same amount of hour limitations as division one. You basically, you know, because of the scout, you, you operate like a division one. The biggest difference is in the recruiting. You know, I think that's the biggest part getting bigger, faster, stronger, better lacrosse players. We have some phenomenal athletes and we have already recruited against some division ones, um, you know, as, as a lot of, you know, top 10, top 15 division twos do. So really, you know, the amount of things that we're doing, um, you know, we might tweak some things of how we play the game and, and we'll find that out here as we get through our first season. Like what exactly do we need to change about what we do is what we have done to be a top 10 division two going to work at the division one level. But I personally think, and the, and the coaches here, that it's mostly the recruiting that's the biggest change of how we become successful at this level. Are you fully funded? Are you partially funded? We are not. We are still at our, our Division II level. So um, we were not fully funded Division II. We were up there. We They were taking care of us. We have not gotten a bump yet. We are told that within this four-year transition period, they plan to get you know pretty much most of our sports up there to almost fully funded. So we're not there yet. You know, we're still operating a, a, as a Division II in a sense, but you know, we had a successful division two, so we're excited to uh, hopefully uh, open some eyes this year. You, you mentioned your roster. Y your roster is amazing to look at. I, I counted 17 states. It could be more. I counted Canada, yeah. uh, an indigenous player. I mean, these states, Arizona, Idaho, Massachusetts, Oklahoma, Georgia, Illinois, New York, Texas, Wisconsin, Ohio, Colorado, PA, uh, I see Minnesota, Michigan, and Indiana. I mean, yeah. it's, it's every, it's ridiculously. Yeah. Different. I mean, and last year, so this year we're 17, uh, all of our Canadian guys are from Ontario, but last year we had 18 States, two provinces in Canada and the Iroquois nation. So it's, I mean, we're right in the middle of the country. Like you've said, you've been here, you've flown into St. Louis. It is very, it's easy for us to cast a wide net. You know, the recruiting thing is, is tougher for us than it is for a lot of the teams in the Northeast. They can get in a car and drive to events all the time. We don't have that luxury. We got to work within our recruiting budget and we have to fly to most events. So we have to work a little bit harder in the recruiting process, but it is very easy for us to look to California and to the Northeast and to the Northwest, you know, everywhere because we're right in the middle of the country. So we're about, you know, a two hour flight anywhere almost.
Exactly. Uh, you know, I've always found like going to St. Louis is a lot easier for me than going to an SEC place where you yeah. have to maybe have two flights and a drive. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, what are what are pockets that you you anticipate you pulling uh, a lot of talent from? Yeah, you know, it, that has changed quite a bit. Um, the recruiting process, we're, we're in the right rooms right now, we feel like, you know, our 24 class, we've had some phenomenal young men on campus, you know, and it's it's different now that big ramp up like we've you know, we've had some recruits on campus that have, you know, it's kind of come down to like, you know, Hofstra and us or Towson and us and some other schools. So we're getting into those rooms. It'll take some time to where we win some of those battles, you know, against some of those storied programs, but we're in the right room. So we, you know, Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia area, I think will kind of ramp up for us a little bit more. Um, you know, we've had young men from boys Latin on campus now, which in the past wouldn't even consider Lindenwood as a division two program, you know, so those areas, you know, the Long Island, New York areas and, and Baltimore hotbed areas are starting to ramp up for us a little bit more than they did when we were division two. What's your viewpoint of the transfer portal? You know, it's been good to us when we were a division two, um, we grabbed a lot of those grad students. You know, we, we haven't been big on the transfer portal with young men that still are in their normal four years. We've always been big on those, you know, the COVID guys, the grad students, the past couple years, which that's going to change after this year. Cause a lot of those got, you know, the, these seniors are the last guys that have it. Um, but we've noticed that, I mean, we, we had the most kids transfer out last year that we've ever had, but the, the change had a lot to do with that, you know, um, we had some of our upperclassmen that were going to come back for their grad year that decided, you know what, I don't want to go through this transitional phase. I kind of want to stay division two and, you know, have a shot to compete against. We always wanted to compete for a national championship. We had been a tournament team. We, we were a strong program. So some of those guys were like, man, I don't know if I want to be a part of this whole, you know, experiment, if you will, uh, for my final year. And then we had some younger guys on the team that maybe didn't get a lot of time in their freshman or sophomore year as a division two program that said, you know, I'm going to maybe stay at this level and not, and not go division one. So, but we've also pulled from it. You know, we have young men in our roster from Hofstra right now and from Cleveland state from Mount St. Mary. So we, we have liked the transfer portal. I think it's a, it's tricky. Um, you know, you got to make sure you do your due diligence and call coaches and make sure you understand why kids are leaving. I think it's good for some kids. And I think some kids also use it to maybe find something that might be an easier fit or an easier path to, to get on the field. Um, as long as these young men are using it to, for, to better their situation educationally and athletically, I'm okay with it. If it's just a thing about, well, I wasn't playing here. I want to find a place to play. I think you're using it for the wrong reasons. You've had success, uh, 12 wins last season. Well, how do you, uh, recalibrate those goals and expectations now for this, this season? What, what, what are, what are some, uh, what are some bullet points that you're, you're focusing in on the guys? Yeah, for us in the past, it's been, all right, we need to, you know, we've had a, a crazy path, even in division two, you know, there's been a lot of realignment. We were in, we were in a conference uh, with teams, you know, Mercyhurst up in Erie, Pennsylvania and, and schools like that. So we've been in a conference where we were driving 11, 12 hours for games. And then we didn't have a conference for a while. And then finally, you know, the Midwest grew, the GLVC became a thing. When we first went division two, our closest opponent was Wheeling Jesuit. A nine and a half hour trip was the closest D2 team. Then it grew in the Midwest. So now we're back to where we're kind of spread out a little bit. But our goals were always let's win a conference title uh, and let's make a run in the national tournament. And and in Division Two, it's not as easy to do because there's no automatic qualifiers, which a lot of people don't know. Your entire tournament is based off of strength of schedule. Now we have automatic qualifiers at Division One level. So in our mind, it's like, man, this is actually a benefit going from D2 to D1 because now 
you know, you just, you can focus on your conference play a little bit more and, you know, it, you don't have to focus on going to play limestone and going to play Tampa and getting those big wins because of that strength of schedule and RPI. So now our goals moving forward, especially for this first year, are really just to put Lindenville on the map, you know, and so people don't think of only Graham. We love that people think of Graham Hasek, right? But we want people to think of Lindenwood for, for our program as a whole. So that's what our big goal is this year is to, to hopefully turn some heads and not just be, uh, you know, uh, a stepping stone for some of these programs. You know, we've heard some comments of like, yeah, you know, we've heard some coaches like, yeah, we, you know, we should be three and zero going into our tough schedule. Well, some of those schools that's, that I've heard say that were one of their first three games. So we're going to use that motivation to hopefully, you know, slow some teams down or at least make some people have to really focus on the scouting reports when they play us later in the season. So you are a veteran of some uh, lengthy bus rides. It reminds me a little bit when Notre Dame and Kevin Corrigan added their program yeah. and how they're very much on an island and, yeah. and you know, eight, nine, 10 hour bus rides. Uh, how, how do you occupy your time on, on, on those long trips? Uh, books, movies, you know, uh, I, I, a lot of times even just like to walk, you know, go back to the back of the bus and kind of sit in the different pockets and talk to the guys, you know, um, they'll ask me questions about my time at Lindenwood. I think that's what's unique is because I did play here. I'm an alumni and, and these guys all know it. I tell them all the time. As soon as you graduate, we're one and the same. We're alumni together, you know? So we'll just commute, you know, they'll ask me, well, what did you guys do when you were at Lindenwood? Or was, did you do the same things? Just go to the same areas. So I like to go have those conversations with the players after games, you know, it, it, on those long bus rides home, it's usually get the computer out and kind of watch film for a little bit and dissect what we're doing right away. But, you know, movies and just the conversations on the bus are usually what, what really get us through it. I looked at your schedule. You open up on Feb 4 against Marquette. Uh, and then you have a string of road games at LIU, at New Jersey, uh, NJIT, at yep. Cleveland State, at Air Force, uh, before the A-Sun uh, conference schedule uh, really, really clicks in. What were some of the challenges being a new program and, and, and uh, formulating a schedule? Yeah, and I've been through this before, you know, through the transition from being an NAI when we played in the IMLCA, uh, sorry, the MCLA, to becoming a Division One. So I knew it was going to be tough, you know. Um, Really, it was trying to find some teams, you know, fortunate for us, LIU, you know, their head coach had success at the Division II level. So we were able to work a home and home with them. So they'll be returning to us next year. But otherwise, you know, we're the new kid on the block and not a lot of people were concerned about helping us out get home games right away, you know, and I understand that. Um, and it's something I'm going to have to fight through. But our athletic department knew travel was going to be a big part of this for all the programs here. You know, if you look at something even like our men's ice hockey team here, they they have two home series the entire season and they're in Alaska. They're, you know, they're everywhere. Um, so it's a part of it. You know, the challenge is once we start winning some games, even, you know, and we can start playing some more of these closer opponents in the Midwest, the Ohio States, Notre Dame's Michigan's, you know, once we can start getting, those are other trips that we can drive, you know, and we don't have to, to fly everywhere. And, and uh, so that those are the big challenges really, again, like I said, open some eyes and then people will be more willing to play us. And once we get people here and they see our facilities, you know, we, we had the best facilities in division two. And, you know, I'm still confident that we have top 20, top 25 facility in division one. I mean, we, we have an amazing stadium that we play in. Um, so, you know, I'm fortunate to be where I'm at, but I know once teams get here once and see the hospitality and what we have to offer and how easy it is to get here, like you said, it's not hard for any teams that, that fly every once in a while. It's a very easy trip. So that'll start happening. I think once, you know, Jacksonville gets here this year and Mercer and, 
you know, um, Bellerman, word's going to spread about what we have to offer these teams as a host. How do you best describe the Atlantic Sun? I see it as kind of an Ellis Island of programs and, and could be an impetus, uh, a real positive development in, in programs deciding to go D1. And it seems like the A Sun's going to be open to a lot of the new programs. Uh, how, would, how do you, uh, you know, describe how you guys fit in the conference and, and what it means to, uh, to get a league affiliation right away, which is a big deal? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it is. I mean, the way you described it is perfect. It, you know, it, when we talk to other programs here, especially the, the sports that are in the Ohio Valley Conference, it's all right here in the Midwest, right? And then, you know, the coaches here, they're like, oh, you, you're playing Air Force in Utah. That's cool. And I'm like, yeah, they're in our conference. And they're like, excuse me, <laughs> you know? And I said, oh, and Jacksonville is down in Florida and Queens is in Charlotte and Mercer outside Atlanta. And they're like, holy cow, you guys are going everywhere. But it is welcoming, you know, and it's great to have an affiliation right away. And it's important for the growth of the sport. We were an independent in Division II for a long time, and it's hard, and it's hard to convince schools in areas to join if they know they're not going to have an affiliation, and it's going to be really hard to get home games, and they're going to have to travel all over the country. Now, on the A-Sun, you're traveling, but at least you're going to get those home games. You're going to have those built-in rivalries. So it's it's hugely important for us that we have this right away, and it's a perfect fit for us. You know, honestly, it really is, and I'm excited about it because – you know, the other, it was when we were going through this process, our AD at the time was like, you know, what other conferences are kind of close? And I said, well, the Big Ten and the ACC, and they're not, you know, that's kind of a big jump right away. So this A-Sun is what we need to go for and what we need to make happen right away. So uh, we're excited about it. We're fortunate that our women's program is in it as well. Um, so, you know, we kind of have that, that uh, something to look forward to together is kind of competing for, for the same conference. Will you be sharing any travel dates with the women's team? We don't or right now. You know, their, their A-Sun looks different than ours even. You know, the women's A-Sun does. We will have some home games on the same days, but right now we don't share travel dates. It's something we want to hopefully get to at some point, but right now we don't. You, you mentioned, you know, college football Fridays uh, for a lot of staffs is about recruiting. It's about getting out and, and uh, seeing evaluating some high school athletes. Can you use your Fridays? Uh, is, is that legal in lacrosse? So like when you fly to Cleveland State, can you go to a game there? Uh, I, I believe it is. It's hard. We usually don't have the time to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, on Friday nights when we're there, we're doing film, we're doing team meetings, our team dinners, things like that. So it is hard. We, we've looked into it and thought about it. You know, we've got some alumni that play, obviously, in the NLL and that new PBLA that maybe we, we looked into where we're at. Maybe we might go see them play and just kind of I, I like to try to use those. I remember my time and the road trips and things like that were important. So what's big to me is a student athlete experience. So I try to make sure my guys have what I had and an amazing student athlete experience on the road. So I try not to, uh, it's work, but I try not to overwork and go recruit and try to spend the time focusing on my athletes and making sure they're enjoying every bit of what we're doing. The Lindenwood Lions, St. Charles, Missouri. Uh, I mentioned earlier the, the the most notable player in program history outside of, of, of yourself, uh, Coach Lang, is, is Graham Hasek. Uh, yeah. NLL star, PLL star, Team Canada def defender. I mean, he, he's a badass among among bad men. This, yes, this, this guy is, is something special. What was he when he got to Lindenwood? And, you know, how, how do you best uh, characterize his career? Uh, Graham was a quiet young man from Canada. You know, I remember picking him up from the airport on his recruiting visit. And I think he said three words for the first two hours he was with me. Um, and, uh, but he was, you know, when he first got here, he was just kind of a, a little lankier. He was always tall and he was always strong, 
but I, it was from the first scrimmage we had his freshman year in the fall. And we knew right away, like, man, we have, we have something special here. He was a quiet assassin, just like he is. He doesn't talk. There's a reason he's never been mic'd up in the PLL or in the NLL. He's a quiet assassin. Um, but, you know, you can ask everybody that would played us in Division Two. They would have a whole page in their scouting report on our LSM, you know, an entire page, um, which is which is not common. So he was an absolute animal and he's been great to us. We talk quite often now, you know, because he coaches with Brody Merrill up at the Hill Academy and teaches there. So, um, you know, we stay in contact. But Graham is uh, he's one of the hardest working people I've ever met. He doesn't like the lights. He doesn't like the cameras. He just does it because he loves the sport. Um, you know, and, and he is one of the best to ever do it. I, I do believe I'd have to look, but I think he might still be number one or number two career ground ball wise for a non face off guy, um, in the NCAA, you know, and that's just how he was. He just, you, you miss guys like that, that see a scrum of people in a ground ball and don't even notice that there's someone there. They just put their head down and run through the ground ball. Uh, and that's how he was. So, you know, it's been great watching Graham and his success and, uh, you know, he still comes back for the alumni game and our young attackmen are like, coach, I'm going to, I'm going to take a run at him. I'm like, I don't suggest <laughs> doing that, but you know, if you, if you want to end up on the ground, go ahead. So, uh, no, it's, it's always great having Graham come back and he, every time I see him, he's bigger and bigger and, and just seems to get better. So 12 wins last year, your defense was outstanding. You hold people to less than, than eight goals a game. What, what's the, what's the scheme that you guys run? Yeah, really. We just try to, we have found players from non hotbed areas that are phenomenal athletes. That's what we always try to do. And then just teach them a little bit. We don't do anything special, Quint, really. Um, we just, our big saying is if we're on the same page, it could be the wrong page for that game. But if all seven of those guys defensively are on the same page, we're going to be okay because of our athleticism. So, you know, as long as the, we may be sliding early or late if our rotations are on point if we're all doing it together we're usually okay so we don't do anything special um we just try to make sure that we are all on the same page that's the biggest thing if there's one guy that's on page two and the rest of us are on page three we're gonna have an issue defensively so if we can under make sure that everybody understands what we're trying to do and the goals for the day we're gonna be fine but again it's always been about you know, we try to open up some skip lanes. We have great sticks, and I know everybody does in Division One, but we do a great job of batting down passes. We do a great job of, um, you know, uh, uh, getting the ball upfield quick. Last year, we weren't a transition team. We just realized we were stronger if we settled it down, you know. So it depends. Every year, we kind of change the way we do things depending on the guys we have on the roster. Who are your leaders? Who are your captains? So this year, uh, we've got Cam Smith, who was an All-American for us last year out, out of the midfield. Um, J.P. Morris, who is a graduate transfer from Mount St. Mary's. Uh, he, this is his second year. He had uh, he was unfortunate. You know, not only did he have his COVID year, but he tore one knee his freshman year, another knee his sophomore year. So he had a lot of eligibility left. So he was kind of doing a two-year graduate program. He's one of our captains. O'Sheen McTighe, who was a transfer from Cleveland State. This is his second year with us. Uh, he's one of our captains, as well as two returning captains, Brian Kahlberg, uh, who has been a starter for us on defense. This is his third. He's a senior. He's a three-year captain for us. He was a coach-appointed captain as a sophomore because of how he did things and how he handled himself every day. And he has not disappointed any year. And he's been re-voted by his captains now, you know, his, his junior or by his teammates, his junior and senior year. And then Blake Nolan, a goalie for us, um, just a phenomenal leader not only on the field, but off, you know, as a part, a member of the, the SAC, you know, the student athlete uh, advisory committee. And he just does a lot of really good things for us and represents our program. Well, so we do have five captains this year, which is a little uh, uncommon, but they're the best guys to do it. How are they uh, seizing this moment? 
you know, they're excited about it. And they've we've seen some growth in some of those guys even going into this year. I think everybody understands that there's a lot of unknowns. You know, we were a Division II program for a while and had success. So if we when we talk about it, when we talk about last season, we were very comfortable going into that season with the schedule we had. We had a tough one in Division II and we had to go play some big games on the road. But we had played all those teams so many times before. You know, Tampa's been here a few times and we've been there and Limestone, you know, we, we've played all those big names in Division II. So there was a lot of comfort. We knew what we could do. This year, there's a lot of unknowns. So it's really right now just navigating that a little bit of anxiety, if you will, right, about the season and some of those unknowns and just understanding that this is a moment to try and enjoy. And you can you can start what is hopefully going to be an amazing Division One legacy here at Lindenwood University. You guys are on the, the ground level. So take this moment and, and turn this program into what you want to see it be in 10 years. So that's really how we're trying to get these guys to lead is that your impact is going to last a long time being the first guys to do it. So they're really seizing that moment and trying to make sure that when they look back in 10 years, they see some of the things that they implemented culturally in the team, you know, and, and that'll really motivate them on a day-to-day -day basis. Lewis and Clark started their journey in St. Louis, made their way up, up through the Northwest, uh, read an incredible book this summer about their journey. And, and I kind of look at the Lindenwood Lions as, as uh, uh, you know, the new, Lewis and Clark of, of the lacrosse world. Uh, Cam Smith, who was really productive last season. Uh, he's your leading uh, producer coming back. I had written attack, but he, he's going to play midfield. So he is going to probably play attack. Yeah. Um, he was a midfielder for us last year because we had some other pieces that we filled in there. But right now he's just such a great leader. Uh, he's so quick. You know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to kind of be looked down upon because of his size. You know, he's not a huge imposing human being, but uh, he plays tough as nails and uh, he is incredibly fast and can shoot the ball lights out. So I think he's going to turn some heads right away. You know, some, some big six, five division one defenseman may look down on him and be like, who am I covering today? But uh, I think their eyes are going to be opened up pretty quickly as we see even in the PLL with guys like Michael Sowers and Chris Gray, some of these guys that are fast with phenomenal sticks, they can be successful at the highest level. And Brian Kalberg, uh, best defender started 16 games last year, uh, a real player. Uh, what, 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 what's his leadership style as a, as a, as a captain? Yeah. Brian is vocal. Um, Brian's vocal. He will get after the guys, you know, he's one that usually will break down the huddles. Uh, he's just a, he's a phenomenal leader and Brian, Brian Kalberg, we kind of joke about it. This young man finds a way to get the head of his stick on a ball all the time. I mean, he bats down everything. So he, he really buys in, you know, we get on our huddle and he's watched the most film. I mean, he's just, he's your typical leader that what you want in a captain you guys have a motto uh what, what should what, what's you have a rally cry or a motto like well, when we, i refer to lindenwood should i say hey they're laying the wood out in st louis or or yeah you know, no we, we uh, the, the lot don't go out into the midwest the lions you know you guys got anything fun no we don't have anything too fun you know um we're we just we play with a chip on our shoulder because in this sport you know no one thinks of missouri in the sport of lacrosse. And it's always been that way. It's a battle I've fought my entire life. Coach Senate fought when he was getting all of us to Smet Spartans recruited all over the country back when he was coaching here, which is fighting that, that, uh, you know, we're not a hotbed, right? So we just have a chip on our shoulder and want to, want to put Midwest lacrosse on the map. And that's why we have so many players from the Midwest on our roster. We try to get some of those better players from the Midwest because they all have a chip on their shoulder. They don't get recruited by a ton of schools always, you know, because they don't get seen as much and they have to play for these big, you know, 
club ball in the Midwest has really started to grow. When I was started playing, I didn't start to my freshman year of high school because there was no youth lacrosse. You know, it just wasn't out here in Missouri. So um, it, it's growing. And that's what we want to do is continue to put Missouri and the Midwest on the map. You know, we, we have our typical team models, right? Like all in on everything we do, be present in everything we do, think team first and everything that we do. But we really just play with a chip on our shoulder. We're going to be a blue collar, hard nosed lacrosse team. What emotions do you think you and, and the team will be dealing with on uh, Saturday, Feb 4, when, when you play Marquette? There's going to be a lot of nerves, you know, uh, and it's going to be exciting. You know, we're just trying to really harness that. Nerves are good. Nerves are fine. Everybody deals with them and everything that they do. It's about harnessing it and, and using that in the right way. So there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. You know, we tell the guys there's no such thing as easy wins anymore at the Division One level. You know, we had some games when we were Division Two where, we were like, as, as a staff, man, we got to get the guys up today because we just know we're that much better than this team. We just got to make sure we show up because you'd have wins where we weren't happy as coaches because it's like we just didn't play to our potential. We didn't play great today. That's not the case anymore. So there's going to be highs. There's going to be lows. As long as we can ride those waves and, uh, and and battle to the end, I think we're going to really you know open some eyes pretty quickly this year. But we're going to go through the gauntlet of emotions, that's for sure. You got any idea where fans can get Lindenwood gear? If I wanted a Linwood uh, lacrosse t-shirt, hat, sweatshirt, uh, is, is there a website or, or so? If you go, if store? you go onto our uh, onto our LindenwoodLions.com, the website. If you scroll down to the bottom, you can get some fan gear. And then I know our athletic director Jason Coomer is working on a, a year-round full athletics-only team store. That's going to be you can get apparel for uh, roller hockey up to men's lacrosse to football to shotgun sports. Cause we have every sport on the planet here. So, um, the archery team. So we're working on that as well, but you know, get out here to some games. If people want to come see some fun lacrosse out here in the Midwest, I think you're going to be blown away by our facility. We're playing an 8,000 seat stadium right in the middle of campus. We've got the, the video board. I mean, it's a big event here. What we do athletics is a big part of this campus. Well, Coach, thank you. Next time I'm in St. Louis or in Columbia, I am uh, certainly going to stop by and, and we can get uh, a bite to eat, get grab, grab some lunch and you can show me around. Appreciate well, appreciate, appreciate your time today. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Uh, I, I will be supporting you guys uh, widely during our uh, ESPN uh, shows shows this year. I think it's uh, fantastic and and uh, really give uh, from from everyone in your program. Uh, give them a pat on the back and 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 keep uh, keep going. Really, really excited for uh for what's ahead. I appreciate it, Quit. Thank, thanks for having us and thanks for, uh, you know, helping put us on the map.